This episode of Seize the Yay is brought to you by Mitsubishi. Hello, lovely neighborhood. I hope you're having a wonderful week. I am absolutely buzzing from my first speaking event in person in over a year and the most incredible Yays of Our Lives trip to Gippsland. You'll hear all about that in next week's Yays of Our Lives episode. So for now, back to our regular scheduling. I had three different incredible women who represent International Women's Day to me, but unfortunately, they've all had to postpone their recording. So you will still hear from them over over the coming weeks, but it was also perfect timing for a re-release of another woman who I think every woman needs to hear from, the inimitable Taryn Bromfit. She is so many things, but is perhaps best known for creating the 2016 documentary Embrace that has changed mine along with millions of other women around the world's relationships with their bodies for the better. Why is the timing so perfect? Well, Embrace just came out on Netflix this week, which is incredibly exciting, among the many other things I'm sure Taryn has been up to since 2019. But most of her wisdom is still as poignant now as ever. So I hope you enjoy catching up if you hadn't listened already. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Holloway, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfilment along the way. Today's guest is one of the people I admire most in this world who is the fiercely passionate thought leader behind the body image movement and whose first film, the documentary Embrace, has reached over 100 million people with her message about learning to love your body. Taryn Brumfit broke the internet in 2013 with an unconventional before and after photo where the aftershot was heavier and happier than the leaner before shot taken during a bodybuilding competition when she was more restrictive, less balanced and less happy. After going viral all over the world and receiving over 7,000 messages just from that photo from women struggling with body confidence themselves, Taryn wrote a book and crowdfunded an incredible documentary, Embrace, that is set to become Australia's highest grossing documentary ever. She is now in the process of raising money for the second film, Embrace Kids, and I couldn't be more excited for the positive impact and contribution it will make to a comparative, competitive, and sometimes overwhelming world that our children will grow up in. Not only is she making serious waves in the world, she also loves to play and doesn't take life too seriously, which I love about her, and the cackles in this episode are next level. Hope you smile as much as I did during our chat. So this is how much Taryn and I love each other. We've spoken for an hour before we pressed record <laughs> and we're already into like 2025 with our ideas <laughs> so that's a picture of what's to come <laughs> press record, Someone press record. 
<laughs> Welcome to Melbourne. I'm so, so excited to have you here. And, you know, we've spent a really long time trying to make this happen. We're like as busy and crazy as each other. So this is so exciting. It is great to finally get in the same room. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> so before we kick off, I love to start asking everyone what the most down-to-earth things about them, particularly in an era where... Social media allows us to create this glossy surface and even when we are kind of sharing, you know, some of the nitty gritty stuff, I think it's still easy to convey that things are really smooth and really fun all the time. But I like when people show, you know, who they really are behind the scenes. You're so good at it already. But just in case there are newcomers to Taran Bromford, what's something super down to earth about you? Yeah, see, I read that question and I was like, that's tough because <laughs> I spend my entire life showing my behind the scenes. I, yeah, you're you know, so I, I live good my at life. It. There's a there's a Steve Furtick quote that talks about how we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. Yes, I love it, that It's one. a beautiful quote. Um, so I do try and put as many um, unglossy images on social media as the glossy one. <laughs> so I really struggled to come up with any thoughts on that answer. I don't have an answer for you. But it's because that's you all the time. I yeah. love that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm <laughs> never being anyone else other than just me. So what you get is is what you get. Oh, well, I love what I get. So, <laughs> and we all do. <laughs> I will have answers for you for oh, other questions though. But I Because I'm like, no, nah, I'm sorry, I can't answer it. <laughs> well, anyone who hasn't followed you or, you know, watched you do what you do so amazingly, if you go and have a look now, you will understand why there's no answer because that's pretty much just exactly what Taryn does in her whole life is just be down to earth. So... <laughs> It doesn't really need an answer like most people. But then it sounds really bad because it's like Taryn is so down to earth that she can't even come she up with one no thing answer. about how down to earth she is. All right, so you're way TA. Now you have one of the most exciting and empowering and amazing stories, but I want to go all the way back to the beginning, so before the bit where you kind of exploded onto the international scene. So tell us about young Taryn. You know, you went viral in 2013, but everything before... Before that, I'm sure, like most people, your pathway hasn't been linear and probably hasn't been anything like you expected. So what were you like as a young Adelaide girl at Aberfoyle Park High and Unley High School? Were you cool at school? What did you want to be? What did you think you'd be? Well, I was actually a bit of a rebel. Oh, no way. <laughs> True story. Look, in school, I was actually bullied. I, I went from one school to a second school and um, I made the, the devastating mistake on casual day just a few weeks in at my new school to wear a sports girl T-shirt when everyone was wearing Mambo. Um, oh. And it was just, <laughs> yeah, that was it. Life over as I knew it in that Mambo, moment. I forgot Do about Mambo. Mambo? <laughs> Um, and but the problem was, if you remember, you know, way back when the sports girl ads, they used to do this sports girl. Do you remember this? No, you might be too young. Sports girl. That's that part of their ads was whispering sports girl at the end. So um, from that moment, I was bullied. Basically, if I'd walk past a group of people and they'd all go, sports girl. <laughs> Even when you say it, don't do it. Um, look, so, yeah, I didn't have a great time in uh, in school. And, look, I think perhaps when I say that I was a bit of a rebel, I think a lot of, you know, the, the teasing and the taunting played into the character that I became, which mm. was I'm going to go get a tattoo <laughs> by a bikey um, <laughs> at 15, like crazy. Um, <clears throat> don't ask what it is. It's a rose on my bum. Oh. <laughs> 
I'm not going to tell you. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Um, And then, look, I actually ran away to Melbourne when I was 16 um, and lived on Chapel Street. No. Yep, I ate a Zinger burger a day at KFC and went to Chase's every night. It was (laughs) Chase's. See, this is. Yep, this was me. So, look, growing up, I was. yeah, look, I, w- I was bullied, <laughs> then I was a rebel and I was just trying to find my find my place on the planet. And I, I remember leaving school and getting a job at the local cafe washing dishes and I was basically like, see you later, losers. <laughs> uh, I've I'm got gonna... a job. I've got a J-O-B. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> washing dishes and sometime when I was allowed to serve gelati. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's... <laughs> So childhood was, you know what, it was relatively um, normal though as well. Uh, you know, I had beautiful parents and we grew up and, and having good values and being good people was installed into us and, um, yeah, uh, I just got through those years, thank goodness. And now I have three kids and I'm like, what's going to happen when they're teenagers? Like, <laughs> they're going to be rebels and chasers. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's it's reassuring for all the parents out there to know that you can have rebellious children. I was a nightmare. I was really, really well behaved and then went through this same nightmare phase. Probably saw you at chasers. Like... <laughs> But I think that's all part of it. It's all part of being a kid and just figuring out who you are and responding to the many different stimuli that are around you and just finding who you are. I mean, Absolutely. of course you're going to go off the rails at one point or another. Yeah, and look, if eating a Zinger burger a day and going to Chase's every night, living on Chapel Street and working at a cafe, if that's going off the rails, then Then, then you're in good okay. stead. That's yeah. right. And think of the character building. I mean, <laughs> think of the character building. <laughs> <laughs> so then from from Melbourne did you go back to Adelaide or were you in Melbourne then for no, the start of your career yeah I went back to Adelaide and then did you want to study or what did you think you were going to do, do you did know, you stay in yeah. hospitality or you know? I did I stayed in hospitality for a little while and then I went over to London when I was uh 21 and I was going to go backpacking and I never backpacked once <laughs> I got a job as a nanny um I did all sorts of things and it took me a really long time to work out what I actually wanted to do mm. and I remember thinking about my sister who during school she always wanted to be a radiographer and then she she finished school she studied to be it then she became it and I just watched her path and I thought oh gosh that's so easy mm. and um, I remember uh, shining cutlery one day at a hotel a five-star hotel and the GM walks past me <laughs> and I was slamming the cutlery into that cutlery <laughs> jaw and he goes what's wrong with you Tara and I'm like I'm meant to be doing more than this <laughs> this <laughs> oh, is not my purpose that's right but sometimes it takes takes a long time to get to your purpose and that's okay too. So okay and I think that's probably the norm now is like especially with as much choice as we have today in this day and age even back when we didn't have as much choice it was hard to know what you wanted to do. That's the resounding theme of the podcast is it's never or very very rarely linear. I mean your sister would be in the vast minority and part of figuring out where you want to be is spending time where you don't want to be and that's eliminate that's still getting closer. Absolutely I wholeheartedly agree. So how did you then end up in photography? Well, I was working as a um, operations manager for a hotel marketing company um, before hotel I had dynamics. Kids. That's right. Gosh, I love it. Hey, you just well done. You've really done your research. <laughs> Thank I'm you. Now I'm concerned. This <laughs> what else is coming how out? How deep has she gone? <laughs> um, that's right. So. Uh, 
look, when I had kids, I just, I couldn't imagine anyone else dictating to me where I had to be. Uh, and I was travelling as well with my job and mm. I just lost myself in my first child in the most beautiful way. So, um, but, you know, we needed me to work. Um, I needed to contribute to the mortgage and I thought, I love photography and my husband gave me a, a DSLR camera for oh. Christmas and then in February um, I started a photography business. Uh, it's a real Emma Isaacs, you know, winging it moment yeah. where you just kind of go, I'll just start a business. I mean, I've got a camera <laughs> so surely that's all I need. <laughs> exactly. Um, and look, it, it, it just took off. I, I felt that I'd always been creative and I love people. Mm. Um, so, look, it took me a little while to find my find myself in, in, in photography, but I got there and um, it was great because I was able to manage and juggle uh, kids and, and work. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And how long did you do that? And what was going through your mind in terms of, uh, you know, I love this, I found my thing or... I might be looking for something else. You know, I always wonder at the time what you were thinking, not so much now looking back, but, you know, at the time, were you done? Were you like, this is it? <clears throat> no, definitely not done, but I was content. Okay. It worked for having, I had three kids in yeah. three years. <gasps> so I had, I forgot yeah, that. it was pretty intense. So yeah, you know, when you ask for a babysitter to come around, it's. <laughs> there are three. Yeah, they're like, Under three. I, I'm staying for two hours, not for a seven hour shift. You come back, <laughs> come back soon now. Yeah. Um, so look, I, I do remember sort of being content and that was the capacity that I could, um, that I could work and juggle at that time. Mm -hmm. It's very different these days. Um. But, yeah, they were just so young and so needy. Yeah. Kids are very needy. Oh, my gosh. I mean, even one, like <laughs> thinking of even one, let alone three, let alone three trying to run a business, you know, just I just can't even explain how I can imagine that would be like. So, it, it, look, it worked. You know, yeah. I think I enjoyed it. It worked. It paid the bills. Um, I was getting out of the house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. You yeah. were getting changed in the morning. I mean, that's a plus. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so then you founded the Body Image Movement in 2012. So tell us about how you became passionate about the, you know, this global body-hating epidemic that we seem to be in the middle of. What kind of sparked that for you? And I think one of the things I love that you say is, your body is not an ornament, it is the vehicle to your dreams. And I imagine that something that profound came from quite a journey of figuring out that that's what you wanted to be doing and, and how did that all start for you? So I grew up with a relatively positive body image. I mean, I, I still remember dieting and I still mm. remember wishing I had her body. However, I had it under control. But after I had my kids, mm -hmm. I just wanted to get my body back because that's what we're told, get your body back. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I lost myself for a few years. I just, I hated my body. I hated the changes to my body. I loved it when it was pregnant. But but the after uh, mass. <laughs> what is this? That's right, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of those moments. I was going to get surgery and after I had my third child to have a breast augmentation and a tummy tuck and it was booked in. And a few weeks after that initial appointment, I had this epiphany when I was watching Michaela play, which was how am I going to teach Michaela to love and embrace her body if I can't? Mm -hmm. And what sort of role model will I be? And if there's anyone listening out there going, oh, damn it, I'm a mother, <laughs> just had my Botox straps. <laughs> yeah, don't care. Because this is my story. This is yeah. my body, my rules, and your body, your rules. So in this body image movement, there's no room for judgment of other people's choices. 
that was my choice. I cancelled the surgery, but I was still plagued with the thought, what does it feel like to have the perfect body and would it make me happy? Because I was feeling so miserable. And my trainer said, why don't you enter a bodybuilding competition? (laughs) I was like, are you crazy? (laughs) And uh, yeah, sure enough, sort of 15 weeks later, I was up there on stage in what can only be described as porno shoes. Um, (laughs) They are definitely stripper heels. (laughs) They are so stripper heels. They're some great photos those guys and look in front of 900 people and would you believe out of 900 people I looked out to the audience and I saw one person one person my dad (gasps) he came to the competition bless him that is so cute I would have been horrified though totally horrified I was like oh my god there's dad why does he have silver fox hair standing out in front of 900 people um but look got that body but what I discovered on that journey was for me to have that perfect stereotypical body it just takes so much time and obsession Mm. and it probably didn't make you happy (laughs) in the end didn't make me happy it made me incredibly grumpy and I was very disconnected to my life so look I I left the competition I went back and started eating um, healthy food and moving my body for for pleasure as opposed to punishment and I just I I found my way back to my home which is my body as it is now Mm. and I wanted to share my story with with other people And look, I'd been speaking to some friends, they were struggling. And you know how we see those before and after photographs where a woman before, uh, she lives in a larger body. She's often really sad. Sometimes she's holding a newspaper. Always frowning. (laughs) If she can. If she hasn't had had Botox, she's frowning. And, (laughs) And then she loses weight. And then in her after photograph, she's miraculously happy. And I just don't think that paints the picture. It's not as simple as that. Happiness isn't weight loss. Mm -hmm. Um, So I swapped mine around and it was a non-traditional before and after. I I posted it on social media. It had over 100 million views and likes within like months. It was, it just went crazy. A friend of mine, um, like it, it broke people's brains. It was headline news all across the world. And a friend of mine got off the Qantas um, flight and she rang me. She goes, Taryn, you, you made the in-flight news. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is how stupid this was. And this was in 2013 when viral was a lot less common. I mean, a lot of things have had time to go viral now, but back then, I mean, things didn't just explode from nothing. And if they did, they made the news, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I had a Russian film crew (laughs) come to my house and spend three days with me. And that it's mind blowing. And you need to remember that I was photographer, had my kids, normal life. I had never done a media interview. Mm. Um, So all of this was brand new to me. And that's when I received um, over 7,000 emails and messages from women all around the world sharing their heartbreaking stories. So I just felt like I needed to do something with With all of this. I mean, I will put the original photo in the show notes. It's Amazing. I mean, you took, it was one of the, before was you on stage? So, you know, prime of training, just, you know, doing a bodybuilding competition. And then the after was you when you were actually happy, restored to your normal healthy body weight. And it was a self-portrait, right? So you, with your photography materials, had taken a photo of yourself. And it's, I can understand why no one had done anything like that. It wasn't trendy to be inclusive and to, you know, have self-love and diversity of body shape is incredibly embraced now. 
2013 was different. <laughs> it was it was so it was so different. And I guess that's the pleasure of of what I of what I do now. And this this is my my life and my world and my passion and my purpose mm. is 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 helping people develop a positive body image. But to think of where it came from, which was really we weren't talking about it. And I guess mm. And it's hard to imagine that now because yeah. we talk about it so much, which is amazing. But that's, I guess, why the 7,000 emails and messages from people and really heartbreaking messages too, you know, women sharing that they had they suffered from sexual abuse as a child and they'd eaten their way to get through life, mm. um, to mask the pain um, and living in a larger, fatter body and being ashamed and being bullied for it and this particular woman, she'd never shared that with anyone. So mm. I love what that before and after photograph photo has done. You know, it's enabled me to to talk about what is a really serious subject and uh, we don't need to hate our bodies. It's I know, it sounds like revolutionary, but it's also so simple and it's crazy that it's only just now becoming, you know, less weird to talk about. But I love that after all of that happened, you have you know, fully, you know, I keep using the word embrace and I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing it on purpose, but you. <laughs> it's so funny because when, when anyone uses the word embrace in media, my mum gets irate. I'm like, mum, she's I like, it's your word. I didn't coin the word. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love how you transformed that experience. You didn't just let it kind of pass you by and then, you know, cool, got all these messages, great, didn't do anything with it. You then grew a movement. And I like to think that you know, you played an actual huge role globally in making it more comfortable to talk about because you broke a lot of the stigma and you did encourage people to tell the stories for the first time. You got onto global news. I mean, what what happened afterwards? Like you ended up doing, you know, interviews on CBS, you did it in the US. Like how did that all happen and how did you realise I've got to turn this into something? Look, I think I, I quickly became quite frustrated with with the platform that the media gave me, which was often four minute TV interviews. Mm. It was just so short, sharp, and shiny. And and I, after a few months, I actually started to feel, I, I guess, frustrated that they weren't giving the subject of body image the respect that it actually deserves. I was treated very much as, oh, let's you know, wheel in the bubbly blonde and her, you know, she's an internet sensation. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, I'm so much more than that, and it's actually not even about me. Yeah, it's about the problem. This yeah. is a global epidemic. So a friend of mine, uh, Nigel Marsh, he's the co-founder of Earth Hour, where you flip your oh lights off. Oh, my He's actually the founder of the Sydney Skinny Too. Amazing man. Whoa. He said to me, Taryn, you need to create your own media. And I'm like, is there a book for that? Yes. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> this is outside Creating media zone. for dummies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's when I thought, oh, I'll write a book. Okay, let's give that a go. And uh, Ricky Lake wrote the foreword. Uh, she used to be a very popular uh, talk show host. Um, that was every sick day from school. I would watch, watch Ricky Lake in the middle of the day. <laughs> go, Ricky. Go, Ricky. Go, Ricky. And go, fact, Ricky. I've never once said that to her because when <laughs> I sat across from her, we were having a, a catch-up one day in LA, I'm like, don't. Do it, Taryn. Don't say. Don't get up and like do the dance. (laughs) But in my head, it was playing over. (laughs) But she wrote the forward and look, the book had um, incredible success uh, in the US and uh, and Australia. But also, it wasn't enough. Mm. Um, So I'm like, what can I do now? And I very nonchalantly one day sort of said, Oh, I'll just make a documentary. Gonna make a movie, whatever. (laughs) Like how? 
bad could that be? Um, and that's when <laughs> two the, years later, <laughs> and the cold sore gods, I swear, they just went, <laughs> let's cast a cold sore, a cold sore on her face for two years <laughs> yeah. for being so cocky. Yeah, yeah look, um, I, I turned to Kickstarter to to raise funds because no one was going to to invest in me. Mm. I've never made a film. I did think back then that being a photographer and having an appreciation of how things should look creatively, uh, if I uh, mix that with my love of storytelling, then that equals a film. But of course, yeah. it actually doesn't. Dear everybody, <laughs> here is my film ingredients. Thank you. <laughs> totally. Um, but you know, this is the great thing about platforms crowdfunding and like Kickstarter, that you can take, bring your crazy ideas to the table. And if, if you can make that connection, and my heart was all there, it always will be, mm-hmm. um, people could see the vision of the film and, you know, a few dollars here and there from 8,909 people, all That's of a sudden, insane. you know, we, we raised the funds. And it was a 60-day campaign and set out to raise $200,000 hit that on day 12 and went on to raise 331. And that's when all the the Ashton Kutchers and the Rosie O'Donnells and and lots of celebrities came out and saw the trailer that I'd made for that and got behind it. And it just sort of reached this... this, um, this, How would you describe it? Uh, It it got like 8 million views in the first week uh, and then it just kind of took off. It had a life of its own, Mm. I think, that trailer and... Yeah, so made the film. That's, yeah, look at me. Look at me now. Yeah, I just made it. Just, yeah. I said because I'm I'm about to make another one. But yeah. I'm like, <laughs> just trying to give myself some self-love. It's, it's, it's okay to make a film. I can do yes. this. <laughs> well, you've done it once. I mean, like, God, that is just from a photo in your house in Adelaide on Facebook to your friends who you were just literally thinking it was to your, the people that followed you to a movie that people like Ashton Kutcher are on. That is just, I mean, how did that feel I mean along the way were you just like what is happening a little bit I mean I I I don't actually spend a lot of time introspectively you know considering and thinking about things I'm always looking forward yeah you're like do another movie before you stop and think about it that's yeah exactly (laughs) exactly but I will say you know when I often check my emails because I do a lot of work in the US and I in the morning I see what's happening over there and and I had all these messages from people like Ashton Kutcher Ashton Kutcher Ashton Kutcher I'm like what's going on with Ashton Kutcher and then I read that he wrote this little blog about me and my husband was sleeping next to me so I was whacking him awake (laughs) and I was like wake up, wake up, Ashton Kutcher's blogged about me. I've still got it. <laughs> and he's like, shut up, Tyron, and go back to sleep. Um, my dad taught me that people are, uh, people are just people. We all come into the world the same. We all leave the world the same. And I, I really do believe that. But it was helpful having <laughs> someone like Ashton. But it's, it's a, I mean, obviously it's a cause that who wouldn't jump on board? The movie is incredible. I watched it. The second time actually in Fiji when we first met and, I mean, pretty much assaulted you afterwards because I was like, I'm obsessed with you. And I loved it. <laughs> it I is. tried to play it cool, listeners, but I loved it. <laughs> we were obsessed. It was like 200 women fighting for you. But it is, I think it should be compulsory for every child and every woman and every man and every person to watch. It is just reframes your relationship with your body and the way society influences that relationship. I just, I, I will 
include all the links for you so that everyone can go and watch it. Um, and I'm just so excited that another one is on the way. But just before we move on to that, what for you were some of your favourite parts of that movie, of making it? And then also when you go back and rewatch it as a whole, what are some of the bits that you're like, yeah. Oh, gosh, I love all the characters in their film in their, you know, very unique ways. I think the Nora Turner uh, relationship uh, was a very beautiful one. So Nora reached out to me during the Kickstarter and she contributed $8,000. And I didn't know who she was, but I'm like, who is this person who's got (laughs) $8,000 to drop on someone they don't even know? Like if if I had that much money to give someone one day, and I hope I do, I'd at least be sussing them out first. (laughs) I want to be eyeball to eyeball to know that they're not putting it on black or do something crazy with my money. Totally. (laughs) She just generously gave to that campaign. And so I Googled, I'm like, who is this Nora Turner? And it turns out she is one of Germany's most, famous actors she's like yeah super famous in Germany I can't believe that's how that happened I actually wondered when I watched it I was like how what's the connection there because it was in Germany like yes so we just became friends and started skyping and and she's a bit of a loose cannon you're a bit of a loose cannon correct (laughs) loose cannons we do try to stick together um but I, I think in the film being on that red carpet, it's like the Oscars of Europe and I'm with her as her date and I'm going, where am I? What am I doing? Like it is, what is this? crazy. And and when you, for those of you who haven't watched the film, you'll see it. My face is like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I and Nora, because she doesn't take it all too seriously, she is on the red carpet singing a song about how she uh, is a cat and I'm a mermaid because I had a, <laughs> I had a sequin dress and she had a cat suit. So she was walking up and down this very – everyone's taking it so seriously. And she's like, the mermaid and the cat, the mermaid <laughs> and the cat. It's the most exciting friendship you'll ever – like just something crazy, Nora. So I just love watching that part of the film, knowing the friendship that sits behind it, but also the generosity that sits behind that again, the layers. And, yeah, I think making the film – oh. I really enjoyed the New York City uh, filming and bringing together uh, women of different shapes, sizes, abilities of bodies, Mm. uh, pure strangers. I had 24 hours to bring that photo shoot together. Really? So I actually, uh, I met a friend of mine, is Joe Polish, and uh, one of his friends uh, was the head photographer of Victoria's Secrets. And Joe and I were having dinner and he goes, oh, you've got to meet this guy and blah, blah, blah. And, and so we met up and this photographer said, listen, I'm in New York uh, for the next day. If you can pull the people together, I'll do the shoot. <laughs> Did I'm you like, just go out on the street? I mean, like, uh, come and shoot with me. <laughs> basically, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was at a blow-dry bar because I was doing the Today Show. Um, I was doing an interview on the Today Show. And the, the, I got a blow-dry uh, the day before and this woman who was doing my hair, Tanisha, she's in the film. Oh, no way. You were like, do you want Tanisha? to just come and be in my movie? <laughs> yes. I'm like, could you? what are you doing tomorrow? So I did just grab people. And I guess there was a real sense of satisfaction uh, pulling together complete strangers to pull off this epic shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
with with this incredible photographer. So yeah, look, there's so many little stories and, and nuances of this film. There's so many times I could have turned left, but I turned right. Um, I think I did have some some angels watching over me for a couple of years while I was making that film. Oh, it's just it's so beautifully curated and and really diverse. Like it's hard. I can imagine that with a, a vision and mission as big as yours, it would be so hard to choose how to convey the message in the most emotive, evocative way and not having made a film before as well, being like, well, how do I communicate what I'm trying to say? Like, is it purely interviews? Is it me? Is it others? Is it shoots? Like, what, you know, how did you direct and and, and decide what the, what the kind of storyline was going to look like? So being a first-time director, I, <laughs> I had interviews with people that probably should have wrapped after 20 minutes and I'm there three hours going, yeah. I just want to make sure I don't get back to the edit suite and I haven't got something. Yeah. So there was a lot of that that happened. But I think the film, we found the film in the edit. Yeah, and, okay. you know, we need to remember that one just because I directed it, one person never makes a film. There's a team of incredible editors and exec producers and um, uh, other talent on the film who we sit around with and we talk about and yeah it was quite a process I think having two editors on that film made the film because one uh, Lindy and I would sit for hours and talk about the transcripts of one person we interviewed and we would get one line out of about five or six hours of talking about it. And then um, Brian Mason was the second editor and he was more like, yeah, let's just make this happen. Let's throw this bit in here. And and so it was sort of two worlds colliding. And I think that's what you see in Embrace. Mm. It's very deep um, and we really get to know the characters, but there's lots of fun as well. Yeah. And that's something that I love about you as a person is that you are exactly that. You will put in the hard yards and, you know, blood, sweat and tears to get your message through in the most effective way possible and work hours and hours and hours to do it and put yourself on the line and have a hell of a good time doing it. It is oh, something yeah. I love so much about you because it has to be fun. I mean, you have to enjoy it. Otherwise, why? Absolutely. Like, and we're here for such a short amount of time. So totally. we can inject, you know, fun into everything we do. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Oh, fun so. Times. Hashtag fun. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go and watch the movie again right now. It is like, oh, I just, I get goosebumps. What then led you, so between, that came out in 2016, it debuted at the Sydney Film Festival in 2016 and had like over 25 million views. I mean, what's, what's it at now? Oh gosh, that was the trailer back then. I mean, I don't know, Netflix picked it up and had a two, <laughs> two year deal with it. Oh my so, God. <laughs> yeah, it kind of. I think Who knows a lot of people. I think it's set to be the most successful Australian documentary ever produced. I mean, what even? Like, I can't even. And my boobs are in it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like... why. I mean, I think what's the key to success? My boobs, just saying. <laughs> yeah, we can't give too much away. That is not the reason. <laughs> so from, you know, 2016 to now, what has led you to, you know, it was Embrace Kids. So everyone, in case I haven't mentioned yet, the next movie is Embrace Kids. And Taryn is raising funds for that right now. And I'm so excited and passionate about it. I just want to, like, I, we all need to donate to it. It is so exciting. What led you to this next stage? Did you always think that was coming and then you just needed time? Or was it just something that sparked for you, you know, recently? No, the, the rollout of the film uh, was... Two years I was on the road coming back to Australia, going to Germany, going to the UK. So the number one piece of feedback that I had 
from so many people was, I wish I had seen this when I was young. And people have spent a lifetime hating their bodies Mm. and it doesn't have to be this way. So um, I knew that I needed to make a film that was perhaps more appropriate for a younger audience. There's a few F-bombs and there's a Volvo. <laughs> there might be 20 Volvers, you know, uh, in the film. Not that, that sh- not that we should shy away from showing that. Um, however, students seeing Embrace who are 14 and 15 years of age, for some of them, they've hated their bodies for four, five, six, seven, eight years. Yeah. And not even a film as impactful as Embrace is going to cut through and get to their hearts and pivot Mm -hmm. them in another direction. So I knew that we needed a film that was for eight to 12-year-olds to help them build a foundation of values based on who they are and and what they do in the world because the world is a pretty tough place when you're an adult. But can you imagine, you know, in this, you know, globalised world of of media and social media and the pressures and the likes Mm. and we struggle as adults so you can only imagine how hard it is for our kids. So they need our help. That's what Embrace Kids Doco is all about. And it's a, it's an exciting project because we get to bring the creative and, and the fun because that will always drive every project of mine. But we also have the health professionals as well that are lending the data and making sure that what we're going to be showing the kids is going to have the outcome that we want for the kids. This is so exciting. I mean, the first, literally the first thing I said after I watched it the first time was every school needs to show this. But to have that one that's actually targeted at the age group where you need to be aware of this concept when you're first forming your relationship with your body, not after you've already done that. Correct. It needs to be this early. And I think, you know, it's alarming to hear eight, like eight. Oh, my God, when I was eight, I was like eating dirt. But it's yeah. a different time. It's important. You need to get in early. It's I'm, I'm such so excited. Like I just, you know what it was? It was all the wet cheeks. You know, I always describe my time spent with kids having a wet cheek um, from tears (laughs) like the the heartbreaking stories that they're going through and dealing with stuff that they should not be they should be kids Mm. um they're not having a childhood Mm. when they're worried and restricting their food and they're dieting i've been a six-year-old on a diet she didn't say the word diet but she was restricting her eating yeah she'd formed that pattern absolutely we know that diets don't work um so we need to empower uh, our kids and I guess you know there are billion dollar industries that that really do prey on, on insecurities and we need to offer an alternative mm. and that's what everything I do with body image movement and embrace kids is about oh my gosh and no, the embrace has kids. anyone got two hundred and seventy thousand dollars? <laughs> well that was my next question before we continue with today's episode, beautiful people, I've got an exciting little announcement for you. I'm so thrilled to be welcoming Mitsubishi to the neighborhood as our major partner for Yays of Our Lives. I'll be zipping around in the amazing new Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross over the next few months, hitting the road to record both in and out of town and keep spreading the yay in style. I've had it for a few weeks already and I can safely say it's a total eclipse of the heart. <laughs> The Eclipse Cross drives like a dream with a spacious and ergonomic interior, 8-inch touchscreen and the pure luxury of heated seats and, get this, heated steering wheel for those frozen little fingers. With plans to start a family in the near future though, safety is everything so I'm also thrilled with its 5-star ANCAP rating. 
I'll be sharing our adventures over the coming months and you might have already seen this week away in Gippsland in the Yamaville, so stay tuned for more over the coming months. If any of you are looking to drive your ambition further this year, the Eclipse Cross is the perfect Yamaville. How can we support you? And everyone, this is the most important question of the whole podcast. I really don't try and push too many things down your throat, but this is just a game changer for the whole of society. And, you know, I I often worry sometimes. I'm like, it's going to be so hard to bring children into this world and to guide them the way that I want to and protect them the way that I want to. But I'm kind of like, well, Taryn's around, so I'm probably okay. Oh, that's so sweet. That's the sweetest thing anyone's ever said. That's so kind. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's true. How can we support you in what you're doing? Yeah, so the, the idea with Embrace Kids is to make the film. Production costs are half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to give it away as a free resource around the world. So take the film, get it into school, get teachers playing with their students also have parent packs and teacher guides mm. so we're all talking the same language we've raised 170,000 <gasps> towards that um, I crazily ran a marathon a couple of months ago um yeah. can you sense a theme ideas. here yeah <laughs> Like I run a marathon, people give me money. You know what it is? I think actually sometimes it's hard to to ask people. I'm much more of a giver than a receiver, um, but it's different when you're like, hey, 42 kilometres is a long way, so uh, give me some money. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> give the kilometres some money. You know, that's, it's easier to ask. <laughs> that's right. So raised $55,000 doing that. And we've been, gosh, we've been selling, creating, making, collaborating with other businesses and brands with yoga mats and earrings. Um, we're about to release a, a, a scarf. I've just purchased 8,147 scarves, which... I took one off your hands. I am obsessed with it. <laughs> and I will pop a link in. We'll, we'll, yeah, by the time this comes out, they will be for sale. So yeah. I will make sure that there are, you know, there's a link in the show notes because I think if there's a way that we can get behind you know, what you're doing, I'm sure everyone will be super excited. And the scarves are beautiful. Yeah, absolutely they are. And I think, you know, everyone, uh, everyone knows in their own way how they could help. Mm. They might just go, here's a fiver, here's my coffee money today. Mm. They might have a business or a brand or a product that they want to give you know, proceeds to embrace kids. And that's actually been a really winning formula for our community. We've mm. got half a million people on social media across Facebook and Instagram. And, you know, it might be a, sort of a yoga mat um, um, and 100% of proceeds go to embrace kids, but we're also promoting the mat company, the yoga mat company. So mm. it's kind of a win-win for everybody. So yeah. I guess anyone is listening, find out a little bit more about Embrace Kids and, and make a make a connection but don't come to me with ideas this is what people do <laughs> yeah i've got an idea i'm like oh my god i need money not ideas i've got the idea <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so funny when you say it <laughs> but it's true i mean you've got the idea you've nailed it it's not the idea it's getting it to you know to fruition yeah and imagine i mean that's the hard thing is that people forget i always say another quote that i love is if you can't do big things do small things in a big way you're doing the big things for us we need to do the small things in a big way to help you get there and and if you if 500,000 people on your network gave a dollar each one dollar yeah. you would be there i keep i keep saying that to them but then i'm like hang on is that zuckerberg and his algorithms <laughs> is anyone hearing me out there yeah hello <laughs> but i think people forget that if they can't give $5,000 
I think they're like, oh, well, I can't make any impact. I'm like, no, one dollar is more dollars than no dollars. Absolutely. $2, $5. Totally. If everyone does a little, no one has to do a lot. Exactly. And, you know, with this project, my my kids are fine. My kids are so body confident. This is not about me. It's not about my kids. It's about Mm. your kids or it's about your nieces or your nephews or your friends' kids. You know, we, we all need to play our role in this problem mm. oh i'm so motivated and excited oh i need to calm down anyway <laughs> <laughs> what have been some of your pinch me moments big highlights along the way of either you know kind of impact or moments where you've gone i'm i'm success this is successful this is doing something i think one of the biggest pinch me moments was in germany when we released embrace uh at the cinema we had fifty-two thousand germans on one night Come and buy a ticket and watch Embrace. It was, we actually beat Guardians of the Galaxy and (laughs) King Arthur on their opening night, which for for a doco on body image, it's a foreign film from some Australian. I was going to say, from Aussies. (laughs) It's got no special effects like Guardians or King Arthur. We couldn't afford an editor to do CGI, guys. (laughs) That's right. So I think that was a real mind-blowing kind of moment to sort of hit number one at the box office. And I think it speaks volumes as well Mm. about how ready we are um, to come together to find solutions and move forward. We're just sort of, we're done with hating our bodies. We're a bit tired of it. And I think in the, in the, the current state of, of the planet, we, we need women to, uh, to, to rise up and to not be talking about their cellulite. We've got so mm. many gifts to bring to the world and we need to be all the world needs us to be and all we want to be in the world. And a lot of that comes from this foundation of embracing and self-love and just un- I think unconditional love for yourself mm. so yeah the germany success was it, it's, it's astronomical cool. really i do try and name drop that i'm at the supermarket at woolies i'm like hey have you seen guardians of the galaxy well my, <laughs> film, <laughs> just, my film yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> that I would have been that, by the way. <laughs> no i'm when sure i wore my medal for 24 hours but that's <laughs> that's what i would have i mean if i ran the full 42 i would have worn it for much longer than the 42 days you know one, you know, I did my first mil, uh, marathon in Melbourne, so I had to. Oh, you finished in the MCG? That's right. And it was amazing. And I, but I had to get back on the plane to go back to Adelaide. And on the way to the airport, I had to get another pair of two XUs because I couldn't move my legs. <laughs> <laughs> and I got on the plane. I had deep heat for Africa. And oh I, just, I think God. I stunk the whole plane out to twenty eight C. I did um, my first half a couple of weeks ago, and I got congratulations. On the... I did see. Oh, amazing. It was well. I was. I just. I can't physically imagine and doubling it I just can't physically imagine that but it just it felt so awesome and then I got on a plane 18 hours later on like a 10 12 hour flight and I was like wow I'm puffy I mean if I've ever had cankles there they are <laughs> this is it this is it then never my I took my I take my shoes off on planes couldn't get them back in oh, no. I was like I don't have thongs with me what am I gonna do like they're too puffy I was but fully it- disabled for like a day <laughs> oh, you poor thing it, yeah that does happen but you know what I, I loved also about watching you with um your running journey was you weren't a runner. You, oh, you I hated it. You didn't enjoy it. No. And I think I saw you at the 3K mark somewhere on Instagram and mm. you were like really red face like that. Yeah, yeah. I was dead, yeah. deceased from like three kilometres. But isn't it cool that at that three 
kilometre mark that you go, I just could never get to where, you know, get to the 21Ks. And you do. And it's the same thing from 21 to 42. You you can always go further. Go further. You just, you can, but just don't. (laughs) Because it hurts. (laughs) I never really understood the concept of running being entirely mental. I was like, surely my body has to kind of keep up. But it's like, no, your brain has to get there first. Your body will follow. It's your brain that 100% just goes, nah. Yeah. And your body's like, no, I can, I can, you know, I could probably do it. Yes. And I, it just fascinated me. I got to 21 and I was like, I'm great. Like, I, I'm happy. This was fun. Yeah. What? This it's, was fun. Who am I? Yeah, no. Because <laughs> right. I used to be like, fun run. Who would do that? Yeah, ew. That is the worst name <laughs> ever. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so moving on to the next section, which I think will be really, really interesting hearing from you in particular, is NATA, which is all the things that have gotten in the way of you, you know, your joy and your fulfillment and excitement for life because the highs have been so high that I can only imagine the lows were have been pretty low, mm. you know. Covering anything from your own body image journey to rejection, mm. there's so much pitching when it comes to something you're so passionate about, which also means a lot of doors closed in your face. And if you're not resilient, it won't happen. The personal challenge of being the face of a movement that's global means, you know, everyone wants a piece of you. You know, you try not to burn out. You're trying to look after, you know, self-love involves not killing yourself. <laughs> there's just <laughs> yes, so many elements here. So, yeah, talk us through some of the challenges along the way. Oh, gosh. Um Look, I I am an optimistic person by nature, um, but it doesn't mean that that rejection that I've experienced and being overlooked a lot uh, along the way hasn't been hard. But I, I also think that during those times uh, when things don't go your way or the way that you think that you, they should have gone, that's where the, the growth happens. Like I just, I think we sort of all get to that point where we're like, oh, we're in this kind of scenario. It's not fun, but what can I learn from this? Mm. But I actually think one of the things about um, successful people in business in life is how quickly they can identify that perhaps they're on the wrong road. Yes. I think our goals need to be always uh, moving and, and changing and you might be heading towards something that you think that you want and you're halfway there and you're like, oh, I, think, I don't know. <laughs> this is not fun. <laughs> That's right. But some people persist in the wrong way. Yes. They, they know that intuitively but they keep going for it. So we mm. need to know when to hold them and when to fold them and when to be nimble, when to pivot. Absolutely. Um, I think... Persistence is a big part of who I am. Uh, polite persistence wears down resistance. You know that's, oh, that's a just, great one. Yeah, it's been my motto for since I was about nineteen. I've just <laughs> said that over and over. And there's actually a story you might like to hear this one because it's it's it encapsulates that for me. I was in LA last year, the year before. It's all a bit of a blur. And, um, <laughs> who could say? Uh, who could say? And I was doing this red carpet event and it was for the 25th Movie Awards and the red carpet was like a kilometre long and those who know me know that, like, I'll do that and I can I can do it pretty well but I would rather be home in my jackie pants and Netflix and Chinese. <laughs> like, yeah. But I'm like, okay, here we go. Anyway, finally got into this um, big ballroom of people and nothing says you're more of a loser than being on the last table. And that's where I was <laughs> with, with some of the days of our lives, crew. Oh, my God. Yep, yep. You're D-grade, babe. You're so, D-grade. <laughs> in LA, I'm D-grade. And 
I was right at the back and I'm like, doodly doo, you know, just with this table of people. And I look up and Olivia Newton-John comes on stage. <gasps> and my dad loves Olivia. So I sort of ducked out of this ballroom and found this sort of other red carpet area <laughs> where, the, where the performers come straight off stage and then they're interviewed uh, privately. And I sort of waltzed over um, to where Olivia was and sort of nudged <laughs> up against other media. I belong here. What? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I said, oh, I said to one of her minders, oh, hi, I'm just uh, here. I just want to get a photograph of Olivia for my dad. And he's like, oh, no, 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 you can't. <laughs> And sent me on my way. And then, this is the most stupidest thing I've ever thought or said, okay? I I'm went, so excited. <laughs> it's not good. I sort of turned around and I, I went back towards him. I'm like, oh. And I said, oh, I'm Australian. <laughs> like, hello. We're, we're the, she's Australian. I'm Australian. Like, <laughs> So bad. And he sort of Did it said, not change his mind, you know? <laughs> I, I know you'll be surprised to hear that it didn't. <laughs> Good try. He sort of sent me on my way again. He's like, no, 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 no. And as I was walking away, I actually realised then that I was in this cordoned off area. And I thought, oh, if I leave, I can't actually get back in. So I looked over and I I saw a table and they looked like publicists slash agents. And I dived into my handbag and got a pen out. And then just joined them. And you guys can't see this, but I sort of slouched back <laughs> on a chair and said, so how's your night going, guys? <laughs> and we just, I belong. That's right. We just started chatting. And then eventually I had to say, I had to come clean. <laughs> I said, guys, I'm meant to be in the ballroom with the guests. I'm not one of you. I'm waiting for ONJ. I'm waiting for ONJ. <laughs> yeah, and I said, I, I explained. I said, this is what I'm trying to do. And um, basically they just said, you've got this, like all of them. We, you've, we've got your back. Come on, you can go back a third time. I'm like, can I really? So have I got, and I sort of turned around and looked at them and they're like, yeah. starting <laughs> <laughs> to walk towards Olivia. And right just before I got to her, the security guy, this is third The time. same guy? The oh, my God. <laughs> this is bad. He puts his arm out because you're thinking third time, this is Terrorist. Iron Stalker, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what I would have been thinking. <laughs> so as his arm comes out, Olivia sees me and goes, Taryn. <gasps> Shush. Shut the front door in my No head. way. And I, I looked at the security guy. I'm like, oh, I'm a I told you I'm Australian. <laughs> I told you. We all know each other. <laughs> She goes, embrace. Oh, my gosh, I loved your film so much. And we started chatting. And, I, you know, publicists slash agents over there. <laughs> We're like, just like yeah. Was, I, mean, <laughs> I wish that we could have filmed that because that would have been a great scene in a movie. Oh, my god! But I just thought, you know, it's a really fun story. And, and Livia was so delightful. She did this epic video for my dad. And I'm like, and Betty Ann too. Like, no say my mum as well. And just talked about the film and, yeah. But when I, that night, I remember going back to the hotel room and thinking that that was three times. That was that was polite persistence, wears down resistance <laughs> at best. But it was also <laughs> a really nice acknowledgement of people having my back because mm. I'm not sure how I would have gone back that third time without, them, without my little tribe around me, complete Aww. strangers. So, look, it's a, I know that's a bit of a long story, but it's a fun story. It's such a good one. We've got, if it's meant to be and if our goals 
are, are really are true and pure and exactly in alignment, then you, you've just got to keep going. Absolutely. And I know there's been times in body image movement where I could have so easily just said, I just can't do it anymore. And physically I have felt that in my body mm. uh, where I just thought I can't knock on my door, I can't keep this thing going. And I just had to keep pushing through. So, yeah, keep oh pushing, my gosh. people. Keep pushing. That's a great story to demonstrate that point. <laughs> and another thing it really reminds me is you have to be willing to look like a bit of a dick. Like, <laughs> you know, you have to be like, this is embarrassing. But if you hadn't just been like, you know what, he's going to know it's my third try, but I don't care because I'm never going to see that guy again. If you hadn't been willing to push through that feeling of stupidity, yeah. you wouldn't have got he, she wouldn't have seen you the third time. You would have got two no's. Absolutely. And what do I feeling like? And even felt even more Big stupid. Loser. Back to the <laughs> yeah. days of our lives table. <laughs> and I think most of the times that really big, exciting things have happened to me, it's been when I've been like, you know what, this is awkward. I'm going to pro- – if they say no, I'm going to look stupid. If they say yes, I'm still going to look stupid. But – You've just got to get okay with that. And I think it's just such a protection mechanism of us going, ooh, no, like I would look like such a loser. But I just, I'm like, I embrace, embrace, oh my God. I embrace (laughs) it now, you know, I'm like. And you must. And it just, it's it's once you get over that fear of looking silly, you can do anything. Absolutely you can. And I think, um, I I really love that you've acknowledged that because I think too many people play it too cool. Sometimes you do need to show your cards. And yeah. You do need to be completely, you know, vulnerable and go. And you could even call it out. This is actually feeling a bit embarrassing. However, I always call it out. I'm like, I'm a bit trash right now, but <laughs> but start I mean, the dotted line and give me something. Yeah. <laughs> or I just fangirl people. Yeah. But I'm like, when people do that to me, I'm stoked. Yeah. I am stoked. Of I'm course. not like, go away. You look stupid. Mm. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. It's nice. It, you, no one ever looks stupid for being too enthusiastic. I mean, no, that's a lie. I have definitely looked stupid for being too enthusiastic. <laughs> but you know, what, what's the worst that can happen from that? You feel silly for 30 seconds. It's like not a big deal. Absolutely. What about, you know, you mentioned just before how you physically got to the point of not being able to do it anymore. I imagine another big challenge for you is not burning out because Mm -hmm. you're so passionate about what you're doing and the work is never over when you're on a mission as big as the one you're on now. So how do you manage, including with social media, meaning you're accessible all the time, how do you manage that constant connection and productivity pressure and, you know, that level of just being out there all the time? When yeah. you're a Netflix person, you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, um, you know what, I, it really, it comes down to understanding what great health means to you. Uh, for me, it means having lots of energy and to have lots of energy, I need lots of sleep. So I just don't compromise. It's mm. eight and a half hours a night is, mm. is what I get. And it's also nourishing my bodies with bodies. I have two bodies. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, did we not tell you that? Yeah, I mean, it's body's image movement. <laughs> weren't you listening we're a bit silly today. <laughs> uh, um, really nourishing the body to 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 fuel it well um moving the body sleep uh, I think um I think the times where my wheels have fallen off have been times when I've not respected what I know my body needs yes so when I was filming Embrace, I actually experienced anxiety for the very first time in my life. I was in New York and it was 
It was so awful in a hotel room. It felt like the walls were closing in on me. I didn't understand what was going on. Um, and because I am wired for, for more and hard and fast and I do have this energy, um, I felt that I was invincible mm. until this moment. Mm. And I'd just been to Austria Germany, France, UK, and landed in New York in six days. I did like oh. a few, yeah. <laughs> and they were going to say in a month. Don't worry about the crew. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it was a really great lesson for me to go. What I've pushed myself too far. What does my body need? And now it's always about coming back to center and, yeah. and respecting. But I have just this week it's been like this most craziest goal that I've had, but I've just right, made it this week. I've had one year without being sick once. No <gasps> wow. And I have three kids that bring home crap all day long. Wow. And I'm on planes all the time. And the, That is health. Oh, living my best life. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll have a cold. Sick as a dog. A yeah. No, but you know what? The real key difference has been in 12 months. It was reading Ariana Huffington's Thrive oh, and prioritising my sleep. Have you read Sleep Revolution? I haven't. <gasps> is that gonna take, am I going to be sleeping 18 oh, hours a night? <laughs> it is like Thrive, but only about sleep. Oh, it I'm is. have to get into that. I mean, they go hand in hand. Oh, like, oh my God. It's just the best for if you're having a problem prioritizing it for yourself and understanding that it's it it doesn't really make sense it feels counterintuitive but you sleep your way to success like literally the more you sleep the better you will be it changed my whole relationship and I read it at a time when I was corporate and I was working 20 hours a day I'm like there's no hours left for sleep yeah. I just had to put in boundaries and everything has been better since then it's incredible isn't it and it's yeah. it's, it's not a magic pill it's it's free you know and like we, yeah. we can do this and we we actually really do control our sleep totally and I think this is one of the most exciting things because I do get that a, a lot people ask me like where do you get your energy from um and it really is understanding what health means to me mm. and it's forever changing and evolving too you know totally. like when I was 19 it was I don't know have three tequilas not five and don't get pregnant like <laughs> that was my health values like it it changes all the time um yeah but if we can actually just stop and consider what it means and what we can do to honour it, I reckon that's a really good uh, base to come at life from. Yeah, totally. And I think it takes years and years to find where your, you know, neutral is on sleep, on water, on food, on whatever it is. But once you find how to calibrate your levels, then you know how, you know, when you're above or below, it's just stop listening to everyone else's stuff. Your body will tell you. It's actually really smart. It figures out, and I'm the same as you. I need eight and a half to nine hours a night. And people are like, but you do more than anybody. And I'm like, because I sleep eight and a half to nine hours a night. Like every other hour of the day is jam-packed because I do that. And like sometimes I nap because sometimes I need more. And that's how I'm bubbly all the time is because I sleep enough. Absolutely. And I think I'm... Everyone can actually just take some time out of their lives to consider what that actually means and then you create and design your life around it. Totally. Because we sort of talk about health being everything. Um, if you haven't got your health and, you know, you know all those sort of Yeah, things. what do you have? Your body's but, only but place you have to live. That, but they don't actually act accordingly. Oh, totally. So I think they think they do. I think they just haven't learnt 
they, they're just living up to whatever the, you know, stock standard rules are. And it's like you haven't actually taken account of the fact that your body's totally different mm. than the person who set these rules. Yeah. So they're like, oh, I'm doing, I'm ticking. You know, I used to be like that. I was like, I'm doing the exercise. I'm doing the sleep. I'm blah, blah, blah. But I had no brain break. And so there was like just such a key element missing and I didn't understand that I get anxiety I need more downtime for my brain than the average person probably does mm. but it took me like 10 years to learn that yeah for sure. and, and then another five to like actually do something about it but the good news is that <laughs> nobody knows your body like you know your body totally like, and your body has your back it, yeah. it, it tells you what it needs yeah. so it's just about really connecting to it yeah absolutely so that brings us to the last segment which is my favorite called play ta which is where we separate ourselves from work and achievement and productivity and unleash the you that is you when you're just in your childlike state doing things for pleasure for joy so firstly, do you make time for yourself to just play? And secondly, if you do, what are those things? Uh, yeah, I love playing. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I can tell. Oh, look, I, I always make the time. And, you know, for example, I, I try and bring my kids sometimes to, to work if I'm doing, you know, I travel a lot and they can't come all the time, of course. Yeah. But, you know, if it's I don't know, I took uh, my eldest son, who's now 13, to, to Channel 9 when I had an interview and he met Sonia Kruger and <laughs> I, I swear, the look in his eyes, it was love at first sight. <laughs> oh, I hope he never listens to this. <laughs> it, it, for me, you know, sometimes travelling traveling with my kids, that, that that's a bit of fun because that's balance as well. We recently went to Alice Springs just a few weeks ago. Oh, I had a talk in Alice and I thought, hey, let's go to Uluru, let's you know, get on some camels and, <laughs> and then have dinner under the stars. I mean, why not? Be, absolutely, <laughs> why not? I actually think that people forget to honour the inner child. I think you've got a lot of it. I can see it. <laughs> yeah. and, and so have I. That's, Mine doesn't have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not you. <laughs> but I do think people do take adulting way too seriously. Oh, for um, sure. You know, I was at a uh, walking the other day with my dog and there was mud <laughs> And, and your dog went straight through the mud. I went. I went <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, no one was around and I didn't expect to tell this story, but I just thought of it when you said about fun and play. And I am squelching. and it, it, Yeah, I was. And like, mud squelching is kind of sounds very similar to another sound. And then I had the giggles about that. <laughs> all um, by yourself. That's all by myself. No one to share that with except my dog. But, look, I think life presents endless opportunities for us to have to have fun mm. and um, we need to we need to play more we need to laugh more we need to not take it oh so seriously mm. so whether it's you know taking my kids to to the office <laughs> on a plane or last month I went horse riding I'm like oh I was actually reading Pete Evans book oh. um, and Pete Evans gets a bad rap but I've had a couple of conversations with that guy and I should really dig him he's got a really he's got a lot of cool things to say and yeah I um, hosted a uh, the goodness me markets I think recently when he, he was cooking he's such a character such a, like to give him credit for all the bad rap that he gets he's entertaining at the bare minimum. I mean, he's awesome. He can hold a crowd. He can, like, really make you question stuff. Even if you're like, I don't agree with you. But I'm that's like, the you, beauty. You're great. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, yeah. He is a character. <laughs> 
And I, I actually think that we should all start prescribing to take what you love and leave the rest. Absolutely. Um, and we don't do enough of that because yeah. we really talk in this black and white. All or nothing. Um, but I was having a great conversation with him and I got his book and I flipped it open. I was sitting in the, by the fire in the backyard and he said something about horse riding. So then I just booked horse riding and then two days later I'm on a horse. I'm going, that's how simple it can be. Uh, we need to incorporate as much, I call them sparkle activities into oh. our life as much sparkle as we can because yeah. 28,000 days on the planet it's not it's not a lot of time is it no and I think that's why this whole concept of yay has become such a big thing for me because I realized I went too far the other way I'm you know a really sparkly person and for a while I went super serious I went corporate and then even when I wasn't corporate I corporatized my business because I was learning all the time and I needed to you know I'd go for a walk with the dog and I'd listen to a podcast and think, oh, I'm relaxing, I'm podcasting, but it'd be like about finance or it'd be something, you know, learny that taught me more about business or, you know, I'd go to an event on the weekend that was a conference about, you know, for business owners and think that that was a weekend. But I'm like, that's work. That's still in that category of your brain is on Mm -hmm. and that's when people have anxiety. You know, that's when mine flares is when I don't have at least one, if not two full days on Saturday and Sunday of just complete, just fluff, like just literally fluffing around, like yep. kick the footy, walk the dog, read a crime book, watch a trashy TV show from like, you know, season one to season seven in a night. Like, you know, that's best. you've got to do it. You have to do that. Yeah. You know what else I enjoy? When you were speaking then, I can't even imagine you not being playful. I just, I, <laughs> Ask I'm Nick, so it happens. I, I'm so glad I met you in recent years <laughs> yeah. and not your former years. <laughs> yeah. I reckon it only lasted probably two two years mm. where I was really serious mm. and that was when I was like I'm a corporate lawyer like this is serious I am an adult I'm fully grown like you know I and I got off on it on being like an adult and yeah, with my sure. shit together and then I think I just got over it really fast I was like no I want to be yay I want to be crazy <laughs> and it was that, that was a really big part of finding myself because I think I had to do that to remind myself that that's not me and I had to do it for a little while to be sure that that wasn't, you know, there's, there is a serious nerdy side of me, but it's very, it's not dominant. Mm-hmm. And I love now just being like, everything is fun. Everything, and I always am like, oh, I'm getting too old for this. No, oh, never. Absolutely not. If you're getting too old, what am I getting? Yeah. No, we can't. We can never talk about that. I don't think anyone's to, you know, but you know, no. sometimes you pull yourself up and you're like, is this childish? And I'm like, yes, it is. And that is why it's a great thing to do. Absolutely. <laughs> and I guess, you know, it doesn't have to be these um, huge, big activities. No. It could just be throwing on the tunes. Uh, I was uh, cooking kids dinner in my jocks the other day. I don't even know why. <laughs> I was probably halfway through doing something else, um, i.e. getting dressed. Um, and then started cooking. Just having a dance. But just having a dance. Yeah. Um, we can always find ways to inject more fun into every activity. Yeah. I, I had some papers to read recently, which were really hard and heavy, um, research papers. So I did. Um, I went to the park with a bean bag that's in the back of my car and just sat under a tree. And Fine. so that, that experience in my office could have been like, oh, my God, I'm reading research papers. Yeah, but you made it like, wee. We always have that opportunity. Yeah, and I agree. I don't think it has to be like book a escape to the, you know, Dalesford country and get a horse riding, blah, blah, blah. It can literally be like pick up a book, mm-hmm. read Harry Potter again, mm-hmm. you know, do just small things. Put on a TV show. It lasts for 15 minutes, but yeah. put on something that you don't usually let yourself watch. Like Nick and I have this. I don't know if I've said this before. It's really embarrassing. But we have this literally, it's a literal Cartoon Network show. 
and it's all cartoons. It's from Korea, I think. And it's these three bears that are brothers and they stack on top of each other when they walk. And we saw it, I don't know, we must have been like on a plane or something. We saw it and just thought they were so cute. And they're 10-minute episodes. They're four children, 100%. And we just watch them sometimes like because they're cute <laughs> and you feel cute. There's little messages in them. And like when we're working on our laptops doing stuff we don't really want to be doing, we put it on the background. And I'm like, wow, anyone can see us watching these shows on purpose. But it's just fun, you know. It's lighthearted and like we're like, yeah, it's cute. If anyway. it's not hurting anyone, do it. Yeah, and if it makes you feel good, who cares? Totally. Anyway. <laughs> we digress. Yeah. <laughs> so just to finish up, what are the three interesting things about you that don't normally come up in conversation? Oof. <laughs> and particularly since you get interviewed a lot, I'm sure that's a hard thing to think of three but these are the fun things like I had someone this morning who, who had really long toes I was like wow oh they, that's so helpful yeah a huge gap between my first and my second toe really like it's enormous in fact I understand <laughs> my friends always pay me out about it when we go camping <laughs> they're like and they, and they, yeah, they want to like look at it and then the other day I just sent it to my uh, one of my best friends like hashtag toe gap <laughs> <laughs> it's like a thigh gap and a toe gap but that would be really useful for thongs. Uh, like I was watching Survivor last night and they had this uh, this challenge where they had to pick things like pull things out of with their feet. Like I don't even know how to describe it, but look, you wouldn't know. A big it. gap I, between the toes. <laughs> it was all mine. So. I mean, it's useful in enormous amount of situations that you wouldn't expect. So, I mean, that's a plus. <laughs> Do you have any like party tricks or you know, weird habits or pet peeves? Um, pet peeve. I definitely know it. I'm very namaste, right? Nothing bothers me too much, mm-hmm. but on the roads, oh. when, when someone's turning left and they swing out right oh, to yeah. turn left, no. I'm, I'm like, like, you are not driving a race car. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just turn left. It's, it's 40 kilometers an hour. You don't need a swing out, babe. You don't need a swing out. <laughs> and then on the same theme, I'm an overthankier. Oh, I was just about to say, my version of that is when someone you know, in a one-way street, someone pulls into the side. Yep. I'm like, I have to know they acknowledge me. I'm like Sharon Strasloki and, um, you know, Kath and Kim. I'm like, wave, what? And if I pull over and they don't wave, yep. I, it's like my day's ruined. I'm like, you are an asshole. I just pulled over for you and you didn't wave. I didn't get my wave. Yeah, it's outrageous when it's people do outrageous. <laughs> I pulled over for you. <laughs> so I do the double wave, like, thank you. And I'm like, oh. yep, thank you a second time. And then I do the rear vision wave as well. Oh, I'm a triple waver. You're a triple Oh, my God. See, I'm just a long hold wave. I might try that sometime. Yeah, because then there's no up and down. Sounds more pro- productive. Yeah, it's yeah. just a, a, you know, solid, strong, <laughs> long wave. There's no denying that that's what's that, going It's a on. clear wave. Yeah, just in case. Um, it's kind of more like a hand up, like, you know, so that it's in the rear view. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> oh, and final question, since I love quotes so much, what is your favourite quote? Well, I don't want to be a narcissist, but it's my own quote. <laughs> yes, this is the best. Well, only because it's just how it's everything comes from this quote. I live my life by this quote. Oh, then that's is, perfect. It's what you said earlier. My body is not an ornament it is the vehicle to my dreams it just says everything about who i am and how i live my life and yes yeah, sorry i'm sorry i love Hashtag it so much no no not at all <laughs> i 
it's that's such an Australian thing as well for us to play us ourselves down when we're like, I've got a really good quote. It's a good idea. I think mm. celebrate it. It is a beautiful quote, and I think it does really sum up everything that you do and everything you want to do and you want other people to do for themselves. It is. It's something we need to reframe that relationship with our bodies. It's not. We're not forcing it into. It's not. It's not meant to be optical. It's not meant to just like look a certain way. It is the way that we, it's our whole experience of life is through our body. Yeah, it, it's, it is our home. And if, if we want to uh, be all that we can be, um, you know, as a, as a wife, as a mother, as a friend, as a, as a business owner, as a leader, um, having this exceptional relationship with your body is where it all begins. Mm. If you want to level up, if you want to go crazy on, on whatever your goals are, um, it's it's all about uh, treating this with respect and kindness because we weren't born into the world hating our bodies. This mm. was a learned behaviour that, that we can unlearn. It is not our soul's purpose to hate it so let's just get on with it have yeah. some fun spread the goodness kick goals well you're doing an amazing job at it thank you thank you believe, i'm just like reflecting going did we talk about my toe <laughs> we sure did <laughs> i like the level of deepness that you go yeah you know it's toe toe gaps it's you know deeply changing the world we, we cover everything really i mean diversity right diversity you know, the one thing we didn't cover was I actually, this you're going to be like, why are we going back in? And I was just wrapping it out. No, I love the back in. I, really? Take me back. Okay, yeah. Just really quickly. That yeah, I no, no, no. women that we don't uh, self-pleasure enough. And I know that sort of sounds very random, but I've been <laughs> doing some research Bit on random. this. We toe gap, self-pleasure. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I want to put it out there to all the women that mm. um, it, it's, it's good for our health. It's good for our creativity and we don't have to have a partner for those of you who don't to be able to tap into that very powerful sexual energy. So we are leaving this podcast (laughs) on on a note. On that note. (laughs) Rub one out. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. (laughs) That's the best ending ever. That is not quite where I thought you would circle back to, but I'm really (laughs) happy with it. (laughs) But, you know, it's another thing that you do is you break taboo on things that people won't talk about that are good for them. And I think that's really important. I wouldn't have gone there, but you did. Guys talk about it all the time. They they totally talk about it all the time. I mean, it's not taboo at all. But for us, it's like, oh. Why should it be? That's right. So, yeah. Weird. Oh, my God. As we sit in my hotel room talking to the All right, Sarah, it's time to leave yeah I'm gonna go (laughs) bye (laughs) thank you so much for this it's my pleasure I am so excited for embrace kids and I just can't wait thank you for having me what a a, a, a this has been my favorite interview ever no true story I think um, I think I mean I'm everybody's listening would just know how 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 lovable you are you're just such a lovable human being it's been good fun oh good yeah me too I'm like can we just keep chatting how long can my episodes go for (laughs) (laughs) how long have we been actually talking like an hour and a half (laughs) (laughs) so good 
Oh my gosh, don't you just adore her? If you haven't watched Embrace, I cannot encourage you enough to go and watch it. And like we mentioned, if you have even a dollar to spare, you couldn't put it to better use than to donate to getting Embrace Kids off the ground. I've popped lots of links in the show notes for you. And if you're enjoying listening, please do screenshot and share the yay, tagging at Body Image Movement and myself. This week actually marks the one year anniversary of the podcast, and we just clocked over 10,000 followers on the Instagram account. Perfect timing just this week. So I just wanted to pass on yet another huge thank you for being on the journey and for all your ongoing love and support to keep this podcast going. It really means the world and I hope you get as much out of these conversations as I do. Hope you're having a wonderful day and a seizing your yay.